You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At this time, let's bring in our guest of the of the show, Mr. Blake Allen Murphy from the Revenge of the Birds podcast. Blake, what's up, buddy? Good to see you guys. Glad to be on the show. It, yeah, no, Blake does uh, great work at Revenge of the Birds. One of my favorite podcasts, also as a as a Cardinal fan. Um, so if you're if you're somehow new to them, they've been around a lot longer than I than we have, right? Uh, so if, if you're new to new to them, I, I mean, definitely check them out. Give Blake a follow. He's always tweeting out good nuggets. Uh, Blake will give you some nice paragraphs too. I mean, he sends me some DMs, and I totally forgot to reply to the one the other day. But he's just giving me breakdown and analysis, so uh, you get some some great quality out of Blake. Straight fire, spitting that straight fire. Spitting that straight fire. Uh, So, Blake, I want to ask you, um, just hopping right into things, we were, uh, pun intended there, we were just talking about DeAndre Hopkins and the difference, obviously, he makes for this offense um, last Thursday, first game back, and now you know, shaking off some of that rust. I mean, he got really into it, not necessarily quick. He, he didn't get involved much in the first half, um, but the second half definitely exploded. How do you see Hop, uh, the impact of Hop the rest of the way here? It feels ultimately like it's going to be something where Kyler Murray has had to build up trust. I think that a lot of it, as far as the Cardinals, when you look at their offense, has been broken in part because – Um, You look at last year when Hopkins went away, the Cardinals couldn't find guys who could separate. They couldn't be able to necessarily manufacture offense. And the defense wasn't good enough that they could essentially do what they did against the Saints. They built a lead against the Saints. They were able to run the ball, run the clock out, move the ball down the field enough to score points when they needed to. Um, I think that's been essentially what their offense has been. It shows it's really hard to come from behind in the NFL. Cardinals have had to do it pretty much every single week. Hopefully Hopkins can allow them to get that quicker start because like you guys have said, it's really discouraging when you're down 10 zip or down you know 14 to 6 and it just feels like this team is a team that needs to be more of a front runner to be able to win and unfortunately they haven't even had healthy offensive linemen or running backs to be able to do it so that's on cliff and kyler to be able to create some offense that way and so far we haven't really seen that much without deandre hopkins you you touched on something where last year they couldn't get other receivers to separate and this is going to get into and this is gunner's favorite part of the show mandatory dorch uh, Greg Dorch was leading the NFL in separation, and then the Cardinals completely abandoned him <laughs> when Rondell Moore came back. It was nice to see him get the touchdown on Thursday night. Yeah. But now when you talk about the, the complementary of pieces uh, around uh, this offense, right? You've got Ertz. You're starting to use Trey McBride more. Uh, you know, you did lose Hollywood Brown, but you do have what I feel, you know, they benched A.J. Green last week. So with benching A.J. Green – you're now letting some of those guys like a Greg Dorch get involved again. 
uh, along with Rondell Moore. Um, Eno Benjamin had a breakout game. We'll talk about him in a second. But when you look at this offense as a whole, do you think this offense, where it is now, I get it's broken and they haven't figured it out yet, but pieces-wise, is this offense better than what it would have been last year? I think it really depends on, because we won't really get a chance to see it until we can take a look at, with Hollywood Brown back in, the Cardinals have not thrown the ball deep. Kyler Murray's yards per attempt has been super low. Last year it was one of uh, the highest in the NFL. And we saw them yeah. just dip without DeAndre Hopkins. I also wonder how much of that is necessarily, you know, we haven't seen a lot of slot fades, that Christian Kirk role. It's been a weird sort of discombobulated nature with Greg Dorch essentially being a guy who is getting open, getting touchdowns there downfield. Rondale Moore, he's moved out of some of that gadget role player, but he's not really getting a lot of those deep targets. So it really feels almost like the Cardinals have had this idea in mind of, hey, we're going to move Hopkins around, we'll move Hollywood around around and they've had neither guy on the field to be able to see it i'm glad that he's not out for the season hopefully we'll be able to get the two together but right now it feels like you're more than looking at um you know some of the stats like kyler murray i think has taken a step back in part because mm -hmm. you can't look at the right side of the field like you look at like the stats of he wasn't even throwing to aj green after like the first two games of the season so adding robbie anderson outside do you mix up hopkins and hollywood a little bit more uh, some of that also goes into play like how much of the offense is allowing for full field reads how much of that is you know cliff has had to get to this point with developing kyler to be able to not just hey hopkins is on the left he's got one-on-one -on -one coverage let's go ahead and take that shot on a quick go ball versus trying to make this kind of full-fledged offense because uh, to be honest, offense around the league is down right now. The Cardinals have just seen that to be a lot worse, and that's been part of why they've started out, uh, you know, uh, three and four as compared to last year when they started out um, seven and or maybe if you look at that Vikings miss, maybe closer to a six and one team than a seven and zero type of team. Uh, you mentioned Rob, uh, Robbie Anderson, who the Cardinals traded for last week. Obviously, couldn't get on the field that much uh, on Thursday with the short week and having to learn the playbook, all of that. Uh, now, having over a week and a half of time to prepare for this uh, Vikings defense and, and get to know the playbook, uh, Robbie Anderson will be in the mix, you would think, uh, a lot more. Uh, with A.J. Green now taking a back seat, Robbie Anderson kind of playing that, that tall outside presence, um, what do you think that impact will – is this going to revitalize Robbie Anderson's career being in this offense? What do you think? I think it really will depend upon how much trust he's able to gain. And I think what we saw, at least in that first Panthers game, is Anderson at least was getting those deep targets when Baker Mayfield was throwing deep. So I think you got to wonder how much of this and the throwing deep, being able to stretch out a field defensively, how much of this is Cliff is kind of like, all right, we don't have the guys. We're going to put Hollywood in like that main X role, and that way we'll kind of carry some of the offense. And, you know, how much of that is going to be ultimately other players being able to get open? And that's kind of then we'll give that one-on-one -on -one target for Robbie Anderson. Because with, with Cliff's offense, you see a lot of the issue, I think, as far as adapting has come from how it can be difficult for wide receivers. Kyler's back there making his reads at the same time, you know, whether there's option routes or receivers 
receivers, they're kind of having to make their reads too. It's why getting on the same page is very important. And in order to make it not, I guess, as difficult for all the receivers, Cliff has kind of had an outside receiver role. Here's your route tree. You know, AJ Green, you're going to run these goal balls. You're going to run these slants. Hopkins, you're going to have this side here on the left-hand side. And then the slot receivers will have their own set of route tree. So that way they're able to read their coverage. By being able to add complexity by moving Hopkins into having multiple roles, I think that's more of what makes this more of a modern NFL offense versus a type of offense where, you know, it's just going to be essentially like last year we could see, even with Hopkins back in the game, it was ultimately about Kyler and the other players kind of making plays versus seeing some of those guys schemed open, which I think at least you can always say there's two ways to look at every side, right? Like you can look at that as a negative and say Cliff's not essentially giving a boost to the offense. You can also say, hey, he's putting his players in positions to make plays, trying to get them one-on-one -on -one looks. And ultimately when Kyler throws that 50-50 jump ball, it's on the quarterback and the receiver to make that play. I think there's a line in between the two of them and the Cardinals not having really found that, I think is part of why they've gotten off to a slow start offensively. It's almost been either too dependent on needing to adapt the scheme or just too dependent on the players. And as a result, guys have not been stepping up to the same degree that they were a year ago. Uh, you spoke about that trust and where I really was going with that and I missed the mark on was it seems like Kyler's had that trust with AJ Green for good or, or for bad the last couple of years. Uh, there was a lot of games where, you know, he's targeting AJ Green a ton, right? And then at the beginning of last season, AJ Green was coming down with everything. So that's where I'm optimistic that now if Robbie's going to take that role, uh, you hope being a little bit younger, a little bit quicker, uh, uh, you know, that he'll be able to replicate what we had in the good times when the Cardinals were 7-0 and uh, going into that game with the Packers. But Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, I want to talk about Eno Benjamin. Uh, running with the Devils. Eno Benjamin, uh, Arizona State Sun Devil. Uh, drafted in the seventh round. Uh, I saw he was asked today how much does that uh, label of seventh round motivate him, you know, seventh round draft pick. And he basically said it doesn't, but I didn't feel there was many running backs drafted ahead of me that were better than me. I love that. The kid's full of confidence. He's running hard. Uh, it makes me really question. I mean, they gave a pretty decent contract to James Conner, right, uh, to bring him back. And he really hasn't, up until this point, performed when on the field. Where do you see the future of the running back, uh, run, running back room the rest of this season, especially as we get... I know I've heard people bring it up as we get closer to the trade deadline. Uh, could we see a James Conner potentially maybe get moved? Do we see maybe James Conner? You've already seen it in other offenses where the lead guy is he's starting to get out snapped by the up and comer. You saw it in, in the uh, with the Jets, obviously way more extreme. Brees Hall took over for Michael Carter, right? I, I mean, Michael Carter was kind of the number one for a while, and over a few weeks you saw that change. I almost feel like we're seeing that change. Um, in front of our eyes with Eno, what do you think? Uh, it's really hard to know because I just don't think that the deal the Cardinals gave to James Conner means they're going to move on from him anytime soon. It was essentially about $13.5 guaranteed. And if you look at how it was 21, okay, it's about a 
two-year deal. Two-year deal for the most part. I would have felt more comfortable giving James just a regular two-year deal, so essentially one year's that guaranteed because it's very similar to how they treated, um, you know, almost going year to year with some of your veteran running backs. And as we can see, James, he's gotten hurt. His ribs, thankfully, but seem to you, be where he can come back in. Don't you think James Conner would have went and signed somewhere else, though, if he didn't get at least two years, some of that security blanket? Coming off the year that he had. Depends, at least, because a lot of the thing that we've seen in the NFL is, like, you even brought up Brees Hall and mentioned him. They end up going and making a trade with the Jaguars to bring another guy in. It just really feels like a lot of what NFL teams are shifting toward is getting these high-value running backs on these rookie deals, and they're not necessarily having to take them first. Yeah, they're not paying them. When the Cardinals do pay guys, or you see some guys, it's either the cream of the crop, but... Um, like a good example, I think, of is, hey, Leonard Fournette, top five pick, ends up having a revitalized career with the Bucks, very similar to James Conner. And what's happened with the Bucks this year, their running game has struggled bad enough that they're talking about giving snaps to this third-round pick, Rashad White, out of Arizona State University. Same, He was the guy who took over for Eno. Eno's now getting snaps for James. You're just kind of seeing how the league, there's a balance to it where you do want to make sure you're paying the guy who's taking all those brutal hits. Because otherwise, if you're not going to pay that guy, then your team is just not going to have a lot of confidence confidence in you as a GM but if you overpay then all of a sudden you're kind of looking at that same situation that the Cardinals were in with that David Johnson contract where you kind of had to have someone like thankfully take it off of your back I think that James is around probably for this year next year but maybe some of the role switches up a little bit where you know if we do see next year it's more of the Eno and Keontae Ingram show then you're probably going to be regretting some of that cap room I don't think he's going to get traded because I just don't see another team that's going to basically add a James Conner given that past injury history um, to the roster and I think the Cardinals you know we've talked about this last year but when they had James Conner and DeAndre Hopkins on the field, that was when they were at their best with the red zone. The Cardinals had 18 touchdowns in the red zone with James Conner, and they had, I believe, uh, seven touchdowns before he was hurt with DeAndre Hopkins. It's 25 of your total touchdown production coming from two guys, and both of them got nicked up or hurt to end the year, and we haven't really seen either of them on the field together. I think that in those short yardage situations, you know, James may be that guy who can get you those fourth and ones, punch it in from two to three yards out. We've seen a little bit of that from Keontae, but I think overall you want to make sure you can have a receiving threat too and not necessarily, you know, have a rookie blow that. I think he's important enough to this team this year, but as for going into next year, man, that that contract seems tough. Yeah, now let's let's go to the other side of the ball, right? This defense. Uh, I, I want to allude to the Seattle Seahawks right now and, and with this kind of point I want to make. The, the Seahawks, everyone looked at them going into this season, and I bring them up because we're going to play them again here very shortly. Uh, but the Seahawks, it's one of those people are still looking at them as like, are they for real? And I feel like when you're this many weeks in the season, rolling into week eight, you are what you are. Like, like it's. I don't think you're surprising or fooling anybody at this point. And, and so I, what I'm basically saying is I think they're legit. Now, when I pose that same question to the Cardinals, it's this defense. This defense for all of seven of the or six of the seven weeks that they've played has been very impressive. Uh, they make adjustments. They typically give up a, a score, uh, a score or uh, a lot of field, a lot, a lot of yardage in, in, in the first drive or two. But after that, it's almost like they correct the ship and they buckle down. Do you see in the same point? Do you see this defense continuing to be what we see? Like they're going to do this the rest of the year, and they can hold up really uh, carrying this team on their back. It feels like this Cardinals defense is at an interesting point because you feel like the defense is good but not great. Like there's at least 
turnovers, but there's not high levels of turnovers. There's pass rush, but there's not a huge amount of sacks. And the coverage ultimately, I think, is overperformed what our expectations were. And what we've seen in a lot of ways, I think, has been Vance Joseph going out and saying, we're going to take away a team's top threats. And what I think we've seen the last couple weeks has been a fully healthy Cardinals defense. We've actually seen Antonio Hamilton get on the field. So it's not, you know, Marco Wilson having to cover a DK Metcalf, for example. We've been able to see at least um, you know, the Zach Allen coming. We've seen at least a bit more production from the rookies. I think the biggest thing as far as for questions that you'll have, though, is the Cardinals' run defense hasn't been their identity, and the pass game, as far as defense, hasn't quite been their identity. So really, at that regards, you're kind of going to be at, like, I think that bend but don't break, getting some production. I think that they're set in that regard where... You know, like I think the, there was a graph I saw the other day that showed the Cardinals are one of the higher blitzing teams in the NFL. And when they get home, it's great. When they don't get home, they're kind of relying on J.J. Watt and Zach Allen to be able to get that pressure for them. I think that the defense can do well the rest of the season. I think the big question is going to be, can this offense go and step up and become an elite offense, especially when, you know, the likes of a um, Hollywood Brown comes back? Because if you look at the Cardinals the last couple of years, they've been middling, middle of the road on offense for the past three years under Cliff Kingsbury. And the defense, therefore, has kind of improved every single year. And the Cardinals are not investing that much in their defense this year. So when you're talking about the defense keeping up that level of play, it really speaks a lot to Vance Joseph and really shows that, hey, if we're tossing all these resources on the offensive side, there's probably going to be a lot of questions ultimately at the end of the day about, you know, whether Cliff Kingsbury is kind of being carried somewhat by Vance Joseph and the defense, or if the Cardinals are really just kind of needing to get to the spot of, hey, once we've got all these pieces together, we've spent it, we've got our draft picks, the starters are healthy, and it's been bad luck. Um, to touch on the Seahawks, though, I will say this. Um, they're kind of averaging right now about 26.1 points per game. Cardinals last year were averaging 28 points a game before DeAndre Hopkins got hurt. Then when you saw Hopkins not on the field, you saw Rodney Hudson go off the field. I'll be very interested to see how that offense looks without DK Metcalf. But one thing that's good for Seattle is they went from one of the better running backs who'd been performing this year in Rashad Penny to a guy who was a Heisman finalist last year in Kenneth Walker. And that shows me, I think, that investing in running backs, getting guys at least who, when you do have an injury, guys who can carry that load, who have fresh legs, I think that's important. And that's part of why the Eno Benjamin factor, I think, helped the Cardinals pay off with a win on Thursday, I should say, against the Saints. Yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on, Blake. Your insight is is great, and, and to find your insight more on the Arizona Cardinals, where where can people find? Go ahead, social media plugs. When does your shows drop? Uh, get in all shill as much as you want here. <laughs> and follow all our work at revengeofthebirds.com. The podcast is at ROTV Pod on Twitter. We'll be previewing the Vikings this week with, uh, I believe it's the uh, Norse Code, actually. It'll be doing kind of a split show. I'll be on their show. They'll be on mine. Should be fun because uh, i got to say, the last Vikings game, a Cardinals game I went to, I got a DM afterwards, like, Blake, like, what, what the hell, man? Like, we missed that kick. Like you said, there, things get crazy when you go to Cardinals games. And sure enough, we have a crazy final result in that last Vikings game at home, which I think at least is probably a good example of how these two franchises have been just a lot of disappointment a lot of craziness and ultimately a lot of offensive um, production and potential and this year so far Vikings have gotten the edge we'll see if the Cardinals are able to pass them up and kind of go on a run or we're going to be looking at that NFC West and kind of saying we'll see where that team goes the rest of the year 
this is the the sneaky game that I think the Cardinals aren't expected to win, but they could win. Uh, Blake Allen Murphy, Revenge of the Birds. Thanks, bud. We'll talk to you down the line. Sounds good. Yeah, three and a half point underdogs right now. We'll see how that line changes as we get closer to the game. Thanks again, guys, for having me on. Thanks, Blake. <laughs>